0: We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Wednesday. And I got to tell you, Tuesday was a hell of a day. Great day for Democrats. Horrible day for Donald Trump and Trump Lafucks. And we love to hear that. A lot of things happened yesterday. So we have a lot of things to talk about. And uh, it's going to be fun. You know, a lot of times... We talk about things that are negative here or that are worrisome. And I know a lot of people were worried going into this runoff election yesterday with Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Well, of course, things turned out there pretty well. And we've got some other areas to get into as well. First, I want to go to an email that I have. Comes from Eric. He had an email yesterday. Apparently, he wants to clarify some things from the previous email. He says, Hi, Mike. I think I didn't explain my point in my last email well enough. I was talking about the investigations the Republicans are talking about starting in new Congress in January. The investigations into Hunter Biden, his laptop, Joe Biden, etc. I don't think we will hear much of anything about them after they are announced in January. I was also thinking about this case before the Supreme Court involving the independent state legislature theory. While I see why people are worried, I'm not so sure it's as big of a deal. The reason I say this is because I can't see this court limiting its own power or the power of other courts. I'd suspect they'd, even if the conservatives on the court agree with it, that they would be willing to limit their own power. And you make a good point. And I'm glad you clarified about the investigations. I thought you might have been talking about the investigation into Trump and all the Trump-le-fucks. But in fact, you were talking about the investigations that the Republicans are threatening when they take control of the House. And that control is limited at best. Here's the thing. They can complain and they can cry and they can make threats all they want. But they have only so much power in the House of Representatives. Sure, they could have some committees. Sure, they could have some investigations. But they've got to get a lot of people to agree with them. And again, it goes back to what I said about the Republican Party, as well as having just a slight majority in the House. I think it's four seats. They've got a split amongst themselves. Now, they want to investigate Hunter Biden's laptop, which is absolutely ridiculous. Had there been anything to it, we would have heard about it by now. This is just a buzzword for the Republicans or some Republicans. But as I've said so many times before, there's a lot of Republicans in the House that are trying to separate themselves from Donald Trump and the whole Trump-le-fuck faction. And in order to do that, they aren't going to get on board with some of these crazy fucking investigations and waste time when they should be trying to get votes. This is something the Republicans are having a real problem with, and yesterday was a perfect example of that. I think I uh, saw Newt Gingrich on some show. He was basically saying, Republicans better figure this out. We better just change our strategy and do something different. Yeah, you think? Who knew that having no policy and just ranting about conspiracy theories wouldn't win you elections? That's crazy. You'd think that'd be a sure thing with the fucking crazies you have on the Republican side, but it's not working. In fact, it's failing miserably. So, in fact, the Republicans do have to make some changes, have to change the perception of the Republican Party. Problem is a certain percentage of them will never do that because they are the base and they are happy to stick with what they're doing by supporting Donald Trump and all the conspiracy theories and QAnon and all the trump lafuck craziness. They're going to stick with it no matter what, no matter how much they lose. So, yeah, I think they might yell about some investigations. I don't think they'll go anywhere. I mean, a perfect example of that is, remember Benghazi? They were going to have investigations, and they did. Hillary Clinton even testified for like 11 hours, which Donald Trump refused to do, and nothing came of it. Absolutely nothing. Nothing that they've ever accused the Democrats of has ever proven correct. Never bore fruit. So I'm not too worried about their uh, investigations. In fact, I hope they do push these investigations because I know it will cost them votes. And if they want to sink their own ship, fucking let them because that's exactly what they'll do. They've been doing it for the last two years. And if they're not smart enough to know that they should stop and change in the middle of the stream, well, that's their fucking problem. And I hope they I hope they flounder. All right, big news of last night. Senator Raphael Warnock won re-election in a runoff election on Tuesday night, last night, putting an exclamation mark on Senate Democrats' midterm performance and handing them a 51-seat majority. That is a big deal. Now, leading up to this runoff election, I heard a lot of things. There were a lot of people on TikTok, and maybe even in the listenership of this podcast, people were worried, oh, Herschel Walker might win. Herschel Walker is an embarrassment, but he's getting a lot of votes. He could win. You saw what they said on the media, and they kind of played that same game. As I've told you before, they'd rather have a close matchup battle of the Titans than suggesting anybody's going to win because they want people to come back and watch <laughs> watch their shows. So it's got to be hyped up properly. And then you looked at the polls and we know by now, after the midterms, the polls don't mean shit. You really can't follow the polls because they are never accurate. <clears throat> Now, leading up to this runoff election, you'll remember I said, don't worry about it. Raphael Warnock will win. I had no question in my mind that he was going to win. And it isn't because I'm super smart or that I'm a psychic or anything like that. I just, you know, I looked at the facts, all the things that were going on. Supreme Court in Georgia basically banning abortion. That's going to cause women to step up, and they did in large numbers in the elections, in the early election numbers. Or um, Herschel Walker just making a fool of himself and embarrassing Republicans. Um, a lot of people of color came out to vote in Georgia, which was a big help to Raphael Warnock uh, in the general election. Herschel really got a small percentage of uh, people of color voting for him. And it's because he's a fucking embarrassment. Bunch of old white people voted for Herschel Walker, and there's no better reason to vote against him. And then we have Donald Trump helping out his endorsee by coming out a week ago or so saying, we should terminate the Constitution. You see, the Republicans do this every fucking time. They shoot themselves in the foot. They're the ones costing them themselves the elections. It's not voter fraud or anything like that. And in this case, with Herschel Walker losing to Raphael Warnock tonight, no one's claiming election fraud. Surprise, surprise. Herschel Walker even conceded. So that's good. That's a plus. Now, the important thing to understand about this, this is a big deal for the Democrats, a very big deal for the Democrats. We currently have a 50 50 split in the Senate. Now, the Democrats do have the majority only because Kamala Harris will break any ties in the Senate. So that gives an extra vote for the Democrats. The problem with that scenario that we currently have is that when they put together committees, you have equal numbers of members on each side. So it's an even split. So they're still kind of splitting power in the Senate when it comes to committees and bringing things up to vote and all that sort of stuff. That gave Mitch McConnell plenty of opportunity to obstruct, which is his specialty, and he did it all the time. Now, by getting that extra senator that gives uh, that gives the Democrats full majority. It not only gives them 51 seats in the Senate, which gives them uh, actual majority by one, but in each of the committees, the Democrats will have an extra person. That will make things much easier to push through, get to the floor, and to vote on. So... This is a big deal for the Democrats. This is a big win. And when you think about the midterms, and this is part of the midterms, Republicans said there was going to be a red wave. And while they did get a small majority in the House, they lost ground in the Senate. That is almost unheard of. This midterm, after yesterday's election, made this midterm an even greater failure for the Republicans. And they know that. They're upset about that. They don't know what to think. I saw Laura Ingram on Fox News basically lose her shit. She's upset. Why don't the Republicans do this or why don't they do that? This is where we want them to be. We want them confused and not knowing what they're going to do. They should have been able to catch on to this, you know, a year ago, but, um, They didn't. They should have caught on to it in 2020 when Donald Trump lost by 7 million votes. They should have said, you know, maybe Don's not the way. But they stuck by his side. They stuck by his side all the way to 2022 uh, and the uh, midterms. And Donald Trump lost it for him again. And now in this runoff in Georgia, a lot of it can be laid at the feet of Donald Trump. Donald Trump endorsed Herschel Walker. And I don't know if any endorsee well, some endorsees of Donald Trump's did win, but very few, most of them, especially the big ones, lost. So what's that tell you? That tells you that Donald Trump doesn't have the uh, hold on the Republican Party anymore. What did I tell you about this? Um, I've told you that once Donald Trump no longer becomes an asset They will kick him to the curb. And that's what's going to happen now. Donald Trump will be kicked to the curb. You've got these investigations, possible indictments. Things are just going to go to shit for Donald Trump. And if you think him saying we should terminate the Constitution was the craziest thing you've ever heard him say... You ain't heard nothing yet, because it's going to get worse. Donald Trump is in a corner. He doesn't know which way to turn. Every one of his strategies are not working. And this is very foreign territory to Donald Trump. He's never experienced this in his life. He got what he needed from his dad. When he had his business, he had all the money and the power, so all he had was yes men. Even if he made the dumbest statement or made the poorest choice, they would say, Oh, yeah, Donnie, that's great. Even when he was president, because he had power, the Republicans were sycophants to him and and willing to back anything he said. Well, it's a much different world now, far different world, because Donald Trump has no power. He's starting to fail. And those people that stood by him are backing away from him now because finally they've decided, well, this isn't a good bet anymore. Their problem is that they stayed too long. The stink will be stuck on them for eternity, and they will forever be connected to Donald Trump. As much as they try to get away from him, he will be part of the problem uh, for their futures in politics or wherever. So it's going to be interesting to, to watch how this goes down, but I think we've only seen the surface scratched by the craziness and outrageousness and maybe even dangerousness of Donald Trump. Donald Trump will be in desperation mode. He is going to be fucking crazy. So we've got to be careful of this. And the faster we can get an indictment and get him locked down and shut up the safer it's going to be for this country, and the better it's going to be for the Republicans. So the Republicans should take note of this and say, you know, maybe we better help this along, help put Donald Trump out of the narrative, because he's hurting us, and he's helping the Democrats. You would think they'd see that prior to what we're seeing now, but apparently it's taken absolute disaster to get people to realize, yeah, maybe Donald's not such a good guy. Now, as I told you yesterday, Donald Trump had a horrible fucking day. Horrible fucking day. You knew about the uh, court case, the criminal court case in the Manhattan District of New York. We know that Donald Trump's CFO, Alan Weisselberg, pled guilty in exchange for testifying against the Trump organization, which he did. The trial ended, and then the Decision-making went to the jury two days ago. Two days later, a New York jury found the Trump Organization, a group of business entities owned by former President Donald Trump, guilty of tax fraud and other crimes on all counts, 17 counts over a period of 15 years. Now, the panel's decision was announced in New York Supreme Court on Tuesday, the second day of jury deliberations. The Trump Organization could be required to pay up to $1.6 million in fines, a relatively small amount considering the size of the companies. Now, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office alleged the company engaged in a 15-year tax fraud scheme with executives reaping off-the-books compensation in the form of gifts to help them avoid paying taxes. Now, New York prosecutors spent three years investigating Trump and his companies, according to the AP. Now, prosecutor Joshua Steinglass told jurors on Thursday that Trump knew exactly what was going on with his company's fraud. The prosecution, of course, relied on Alan Weisselberg to testify. Weisselberg pleaded guilty to 15 counts he was charged with, including conspiracy, grand larceny, criminal tax fraud, and falsifying business records. In a deal with prosecutors, he admitted to avoiding taxes on $1.7 million. The prosecution described Weiselberg as a high managerial agent for the company and said that the Trump organization stood to benefit from his law-breaking. Now, all through this whole thing, Donald Trump was not being technically addressed in this trial. I mean, let's be honest. Donald Trump controlled everything in his company. His companies aren't that big. He had his hands on fucking everything. And we know some months before, Alvin Bragg, who took over as DA of the Manhattan District, decided he wasn't going to go after Donald Trump. He wasn't going to investigate him or prosecute him. And nobody knew why. Nobody, nobody knows why to this day, why he would do that. I mean, it was interesting when Cyrus Vance was the DA and then he retired. He had two high-powered prosecutors that said, we have the evidence that's all there, we can prosecute Donald Trump. Then Alvin Bragg said, yeah, we're not going to do that. Those two high-powered prosecutors said, fuck it, we resign, we don't agree with you, and he was gone. They were both gone. And so Alvin Bragg had no intention of prosecuting Donald Trump. The problem is, is that in this court case, like I've said before, Donald Trump has his hands on everything, and as the... uh, prosecutors prosecuting the Trump organization pointed out in the trial that Donald Trump was, in fact, culpable in this situation. He was involved, and he was complicit in the crimes. Well, that puts Alvin Bragg in kind of a bad situation. He said he wasn't going to investigate Donald Trump. So guess what? Alvin Bragg just hired another. High-powered prosecutor to look into Donald Trump and his involvement in this fraud case. To be perfectly honest, I wouldn't be surprised if Ellen, Ellen Bragg said, "Look, let's do the uh, case against the uh, the company, and if we win that one, I'll feel more comfortable of going after a former president." It's kind of gutless, I'll have to admit that, but that may be exactly what he's doing. And now he may very well go against Donald Trump. He almost has to. His own prosecutors proved he's guilty. And then you have Letitia James, the attorney general of New York, who's putting together a uh, civil case about the very same things that the Trump organization was convicted of. Fraud. Fraud in a big way. Now, Letitia James is going to go to trial for this civil case. They, Trump wanted to settle out of court to keep it out of the news. They, she said, fuck yourself, we're going to court. And when that evidence comes out, that's going to put a heavy burden on Elvin Bragg. He's going to have to step up or he's going to look foolish. Keep in mind, Elvin Bragg's job is elected. <laughs> And if he looks like a fool or looks like he's gutless, he's not going to get reelected. And, you know, when it comes to politicians, that's all they fucking care about at this point. So I would suspect you will see Elvin Bragg come up with something that is um, going after Donald Trump. In addition, the Manhattan District, of course, is also looking into um going after Donald Trump with regards to the Stormy Daniels case, the case where Michael Cohen was convicted. Donald Trump was an unindicted co-conspirator. Now he may end up being an indicted co-conspirator. The bottom line is he was identified as a co-conspirator, which would suggest he broke the same crimes that Michael Cohen did. So he should be investigated and indicted. And they may be stuck. Doing that now. And this is coupled with all the other shit going on around Donald Trump. Now, you're probably wondering what did Donald Trump think of this? He must be losing his shit. And you'd be right. He is losing his shit. So, former President Donald Trump was absolutely fuming. That he was a victim of a witch hunt. He loves that term, witch hunt. Everything that goes against Donald Trump is nothing more than a witch hunt. You would think in this day and age you'd come up with a better term than witch hunt. This has been around for hundreds of years. Come on, Donnie, you're a little more creative than that. But he was really upset after his company was cri- uh, convicted of criminal tax fraud in New York. And as I've said before, he's never been accountable for every anything. And this is going to be a problem for him. Now, the, the punishment for which he'll get for his company causing fraud is like, like I said, a million six in, in fines, which isn't a big deal. But where the problem will come in is if you have a company that's been convicted of fraud, it's going to be virtually impossible to get any kind of financing unless Vlad Putin writes a check. It's going to be impossible to do a lot of things because of the current status of the company. It may very well end the company. But if that doesn't end the company, keep in mind with Letitia James in the civil suit, she's looking to expose a lot of things and looking for a uh, decision of at least $250 million dollars. And it'll probably go higher than that when you're talking about punitive damages and all this sort of stuff. He could be looking at a half a billion dollars. That, coupled with the conviction that he just got yesterday, will pretty much shut down the company. He probably won't be able to have any business in New York. Now, of course, he can go down to Florida and do some stuff, which he probably will do. But Donald Trump has been accountable now. And will be accountable. Things aren't going to go well for the Trump organization. So they found him guilty of tax fraud charges and falsifying of business records. Prosecutors argued former company CFO Alan Weisselberg received fringe benefits dating back as far as 15 years. And it was all intended to evade taxes. Now, to be perfectly honest, once this is exposed, this doesn't necessarily preclude uh, the IRS stepping in and saying, hey, we want our cash. That could happen as well. Trump and his family were not named in the case, but the former president raged at the verdict in a statement he released Tuesday evening on True Social. He, in capital letters, put, Manhattan witch hunt, Trump wrote, disappointed with the verdict in Manhattan, but will appeal. Of course he will appeal, and he'll fucking lose. After looking at millions of pages of documents over many years, much of the detriment of the record-setting murder and other forms of violent crimes that are taking place in New York City, the government was able to get an employee to plea in order for a very reduced sentence. So now he's mad at Alan Weisselberg for selling out. Oh, he hates the rats, doesn't he? Now, Trump continued by saying this case was about Alan Weisselberg committing tax fraud on his personal tax returns with he and every witness repeatedly testifying that President Trump and the Trump family knew nothing about his actions, which he admits were done solely for his own benefit and with no benefit to the two companies. Well, that's just not true, Donnie. As I said, these prosecutors proved That you had your hands all over this shit. What are you saying? It's kind of like, we've got to terminate the Constitution. And I never said that. (laughs) Donnie changes changes, uh, in midstream all the time. He goes on to say, why would corporations, which knew nothing about Weisselberg's personal tax returns, be prosecuted for that person's conduct? There was reliance by us on a then highly respected and expensive accounting firm and law firm to do this work. The accounting firm also did his personal returns, which we are not even allowed to legally view. Trump concluded the case was unprecedented. He likes that word, too. It is a continuation of the greatest political witch hunt in the history of our country. New York City is a hard place to be a Trump as business and people flee our once great city, he wrote. I'll give him credit. He is fucking trying. He's not doing very well at this point, but he is trying. And and as I've said, he's kind of in a no-win situation. He talks more, he just gets himself in trouble. That's why I always say, let him talk, let him go on Twitter, let him do whatever the fuck he wants. Every time he does, he implicates himself. So, the Trump organization has been convicted. They are now going to look at Donald Trump because the prosecutors proved that he had his hands on everything. The Manhattan District is also going to be looking at prosecuting him for the Stormy Daniels um, payoff situation. Letitia James in New York uh, is has a civil suit, which could be along the lines of, of Alex Jones. Alex Jones owes over a billion dollars, and Donald Trump could very well do that. Then keep in mind, of course, that the January 6th committee now has his taxes. What's going to come out about that? I'm convinced the biggest thing that Donald Trump is concerned about with those taxes aren't the crimes he committed. It's the proof that he doesn't have as much money as he claims to have. I mean, he built his whole brand on being a billionaire, which, of course, he's not a billionaire. We have seen... Uh, some documentation that says he lost over a billion dollars in just a period of two years. So this guy is not a successful businessman. And how can you be a billionaire if you're losing billions of dollars? That makes no fucking sense. So he's really scared that he's going to be outed as much weaker than uh, he likes to tell us he is. And that's what this is all about. He's a narcissist. So... His public image is probably the most important thing to him. If he starts losing cases, becoming indicted, prove that he doesn't have as much money as he once claimed, his whole charade is over. And with Donald Trump, the charade of him being the superman, the super businessman, super tough guy, once that's taken away from him, that's a very dangerous situation, is niece, who is a psychologist uh, or psychiatrist, I'm not sure which one she is, but she's somebody who deals with people's mental situations, and she's well aware of Donald Trump's mental situation. She says that Donald Trump, when he becomes helpless and no way out, that he will burn everything down around him. Well, he's no longer president, so he's going to have a harder time ruining the country. But I guarantee you, he'll burn down the Republican Party. You always have to wonder why these people like Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, and these folks always stood by Donald Trump for so long, for too long, in fact. Why did they do that? And why are still some of them afraid to say anything against Donald Trump? It might suggest that, you know, as people have said, that he has stuff on them. Now, some people might think that's crazy, but that's kind of how Donald Trump has done business his whole life. Getting dirt on people and holding it over their heads. You know that Jeffrey Epstein did the very same thing to rich people. Put them in compromising positions, got video, and then held them for ransom. Now, it's often been said that uh, as much as, (laughs) much as Donald Trump says he didn't even really know Jeffrey Epstein, Other people will tell you that Donald Trump was kind of a mentor or a big brother to Jeffrey Epstein. And the idea of uh, blackmailing people may have been taught to Jeffrey Epstein by Donald Trump, because Donald Trump has done it all of his career. That's the only way he could get any kind of success at all, because he's not a good businessman. So as things get tougher here, and the Republicans have to step further away from him. This is when Donald Trump may get the craziest. He can't do anything about getting his position as president back. He can't even sell the vast majority of the public that he's a reasonable, decent human being because he is not. So as a last resort, will he burn the place down? I think if anybody knows, Mary Trump would probably know best. And when it comes to burning things down, all he can really do is burn down the Republican Party. He's already yelling at them for not protecting him enough, for not standing with him long enough. And so when he's desperate, when he has nowhere to turn, don't be surprised if he starts saying some crazy shit. I mean, the idea that he said, let's terminate the uh, Constitution, you think that's crazy. That may not be the craziest thing he says. I don't know when, where, or how, or what the circumstances are, but he will say some crazy shit. He will do some crazy shit. He will, um, I, told some, I told somebody something once. This was years ago <laughs> when I was much younger and uh, in a tight spot. I didn't have a lot of money, things weren't going my way, and somebody was pressuring me to do something with money that I just couldn't do. And they tried to play the tough guy and kept trying to push me in the corner and do all that stuff. And um, I just looked at him and I said, look, man, I've got nowhere to turn. I've got no answers to your questions. I'm pushed in a corner. So that's a problem for you. And you go, well, really, how is that a problem for me? I said, because of this circumstances I'm in, where it appears I have no hope, I can afford to be fucking crazy. And he kind of looked at me weird. And he said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> and I said, I haven't gotten to the point I'm crazy yet, but I guarantee you I'm a creative motherfucker. And that made him step back a little bit because people are afraid of uncertainties. And if he felt like I was being serious that might give him some pause. The reason I tell you that story is because that's exactly where Donald Trump is. He can afford to be crazy. He has nothing to lose. He's pretty much lost everything. So what we're going to see is going to be troublesome. Thank God he's no longer president. Thank God he has no more power. Ultimately, it will be a lot of smoke and fire, and he will ultimately crash. So we will wait for that. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. Well, yesterday was not only a bad day for Donald Trump. It was a bad day for trump le all over the country. You'll remember when Merrick Garland hired special counsel Jack Smith. A lot of people, including myself, thought, oh, this is just going to slow shit down. He's just kicking it down the road. Fuck. But then after looking into this Jack Smith and looking at why Merrick Garland did this, I changed up my thought process and I said, you know, this may actually speed things up. And now we're seeing Jack Smith starting to do some shit. And as I said, some of the things happening are not only bad for Trump, but they're for trump throughout the country. And I've told you this before, there are going to be a lot of people around Trump that are going to have a world of hurt, too. Sitting members of Congress, Jenny Thomas, Roger Stone, and (laughs) you'll like this one. Special Counsel Jack Smith has subpoenaed. Local officials in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona for any and all communications with then President Donald Trump, his 2020 campaign, and a number of aides and allies, multiple sources and county officials confirmed to CNN. And what's this about? The fake electors, these people in these states, these little peon people thought they were doing something. So they thought they'd put together these fake electors and try to fool everybody or at least cause confusion and chaos. But now these people that are probably pharmacists, farmers and doctors and whatever thought they were doing something. They just got a subpoena, and guess what? It wasn't from the January 6th committee. It wasn't one you can ignore. It came from the DOJ, Jack Smith particularly, and you know what? You show up or you go to jail. These people have finally learned the meaning of fuck around and find out. The requests for records were received by officials in Wisconsin's Dane County and Michigan's Wayne County late last week. The sources said uh, Arizona's Maricopa County and Wisconsin's Milwaukee County also received subpoenas, county officials confirmed to CN. So first, they're going to get documentation, text messages, emails, other documents. They're going to have to get all that stuff. That's the first thing they'll have to do. And then, of course, they'll probably have to testify. The subpoenas request communications from these local officials with Trump. Specifically, and from a list of several people who worked with or advised his campaign, the sources added, A copy of the subpoena sent to the Milwaukee County Clerk seeks communications from June 1, 2020 through January 20, 2021, the day Trump left offices. Now, Maricopa County has received a subpoena and will comply. Fields Mosley, a spokesperson for the county, told CNN via email Mosley declined to answer other questions. Meanwhile, Milwaukee County Clerk George Christensen told CNN his office is currently doing a search for records related to 19 individuals named in the subpoena in addition to Trump and the campaign. Christensen said he expects to turn over records related to Trump lawyer James Troupis, who filed a lawsuit contesting election results in Wisconsin, including documents and any email correspondence, Christensen said the search for records also would include any communications with Wisconsin Elections Commission staff. Hopefully justice will prevail and the truth will be revealed, he said. Now, You can tell by what they're saying here is that they're really focused, laser-focused, on Donald Trump and trying to find out what he did, what his crimes were in terms of trying to overturn this election. But in the process of doing this, they are going to find crimes committed by those people who were communicating with Donald Trump. We know these people put together fake electors. They sent in fake documents, and all of that is very illegal, Regardless of if they talked to Donald Trump or not, if they did something to try to overturn an election, they are in a heap of shit. Now, Smith is leading investigations that already have taken aggressive steps toward gathering information around Trump himself. And the recent subpoenas show that the prosecutors are still seeking information about the Trump campaign's contacts with local officials in key swing states. Now, uh, this was said by Michigan's Secretary of State. We welcome and support the work of any law enforcement agency working to ensure full accountability for efforts to overturn the fair and accurate results of Michigan's 2020 election. Again, that comes from Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. On uh, Tuesday, she said this. Now, what you need to know about Smith, he's a longtime prosecutor who's overseen a variety of high-profile cases during a career that spans decades. He's widely expected to be tasked with making policy decisions around whether to charge a former president of the United States. Statements by Garland and the recent state steps taken in Mar-a-Lago in January 6 probes have signaled that at the very least Trump is under investigation and could potentially be charged with a crime. I mean, this is one thing we know for sure. These people are looking hard at Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the top of the pyramid. He is the one that is the playmaker, if you will. And Jack Smith, the DOJ, are looking directly at Donald Trump. It looks like they may be going the opposite of what they normally would do. They, you know, they'd implicate and and they would uh, indict lower people and work to the top. In this situation, it looks like they're starting at the top and watch that shit fall after Donald Trump gets his indictment. So all we can do is sit back and watch. I know we want it to happen tomorrow, but uh, it's not likely to happen that quickly. But. With all that's going on, I think we can feel pretty confident that it's going to fucking happen. Now, this this was kind of a, a funny story. It's just desserts, if you will. Senior Republicans Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy were snubbed by law enforcement leaders and a fallen officer's family at Tuesday's Congressional Gold Medal Award Ceremony. For Capitol Police who defended against the January 6th attack. Now, the pair were, was denounced as two-faced by the mother of Officer Brian Sicknick, who died after a mob of Donald Trump supporters ransacked the Capitol and forced politicians to flee for their lives. I saw this video, and you may want to look for it because it's, it's kind of entertaining. Uh, these police officers and, and their families of the ones that died, were up there receiving a gold medal for the extraordinary efforts by these policemen during the insurrection. Now, it's funny, when it went to, uh, went to Congress to be voted on, no Republicans voted to give these guys gold medals. All the Democrats did. So the Democrats held sway, and they were able to get these, these people, these heroes, gold medals. So knowing that the Republicans didn't vote for these gold medals, knowing that the Republicans were largely responsible for that whole day's events, needless to say, the Capitol Police weren't too pleased with the Republicans. So after they get their gold medals, there's Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, then on the other side, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. So these people get the gold medals, they shake hands with Pelosi, they shake hands with Schumer, (laughs) and then there's Mitch McConnell with his hand outstretched to shake their hands. Same with Kevin McCarthy. These people turned their faces away and just walked right on by them. (laughs) Had to be a little embarrassing. Had to piss off Mitch McConnell, but I don't blame these people for doing this. These people were largely responsible for it happening to them in the first place, and these are the people that voted against recognizing them for their heroic efforts. Now, McConnell, the Senate Minority Leader, was caught on video with his hand outstretched, waiting in line for handshakes that never came as senior officers and Sicknick's parents warmly greeted the Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer. The relatives and officers in uniform then walk straight past the Republican duo, barely looking at them. (laughs) They're just two faced. I'm just tired of them standing there and saying how wonderful the Capitol Police is. And then they turn around and go down to Mar-a-Lago and kiss Trump's ring, Sicknick's mother, Gladys Sicknick, said, according to a tweet by CNN congressional reporter Daniela Diaz. She said, It just hurts. Now, Sicknick's brother, Ken, was also forthright. He said they have no idea what integrity is. They can't stand up for what's right and wrong, he said. Now, of course, McCarthy hopes to become Speaker of the House when the Republicans take over in January, but his odds are slim. He doesn't have enough votes. After initially saying he held the outgoing president responsible for the violence of his supporters, McCarthy worked hard to regain Trump's trust. Trump was pissed off at him for him saying that, even though it was true, and uh, has promised he will investigate the January 6th bipartisan House panel who are looking into the events of the day. See, that's, that's what Kevin McCarthy's big deal is. He doesn't want to investigate why there was um, violence and why somebody tried to overturn the election and overthrow our government. He doesn't care about that. What he wants to do is investigate the committee who investigated the insurrection to see what they did wrong. <laughs> well, you had a chance to be on the committee, and you demurred. You know, at first they wanted to do a nine-eleven equal sides committee, and they said, no, we're not going to do that. I guess they, they felt like with the January 6th insurrection, the same strategy they used on COVID was, uh, it never happened, it's no big deal, it's a hoax. They, they went with that at first. So then the Democrats say, well, we'll get our own committee going and uh, we'll put out an olive branch and say, you can put some of your Republicans on our committee. We'll run the committee, but you can put some Republicans on the committee to make it bipartisan. Well, of course, Kevin McCarthy said, how about Jim Jordan? Well, no, Jim Jordan may be one of the guilty motherfuckers, so he's not going to be on, and Nancy Pelosi had the right to say, no, go. So what does Kevin McCarthy do then? He pouts, and he says, okay, well, then I'm not putting anybody on. <laughs> Good move, Kev. Looking back, hindsight is twenty-twenty, and you fucked up. You fucked up big time. Fortunately, there were two people that had a little integrity. Never mind the fact they were Republicans, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney said we'd like to be on the committee. And the Democrats felt confident enough in having them on the committee because they knew they were going to be um, decent and honest, deal with facts, and hold the people responsible accountable. So they were on the committee, and now it's bipartisan. So somehow uh, Kevin McCarthy, once he gets power, if he gets power, uh wants to investigate the committee. Good idea. You got all these problems you claim this country had. Inflation, high gas prices. I'm just gonna tell you something. Those has, those high gas prices, when I left Georgia I had to fill the gas tank of my rental car, I paid two seventy five a fucking gallon. Guess what? That's Joe Biden. <laughs> If you're going to make him responsible for the high gas prices, I'm going to give him credit for the low gas prices. So, fuck y'all. Now, Michael Fanone, he is a D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer. He was beaten and injured in the attack. As previously said, McCarthy is a weasel, and I think that's pretty accurate for... um, For actions and words after the riot, Fanon attended Tuesday's ceremony, but says he was heckled by some former colleagues. They called me a piece of shit and mockingly called me a great fucking hero while clapping, Fanon said, according to an NBC justice reporter, Ryan Riley. Before the snub, McCarthy said that the days like today force us to realize how much we owe to that thin blue line. Yeah, well, prove it. Fanon has since retired, was not impressed. I'm surprised Kevin McCarthy showed up at all. I thought he would be busy trying to figure out how to suspend the Constitution on behalf of the former president. So McCarthy and McConnell got snubbed. (laughs) I love that. I fucking love that. And there were some uh, other interesting news, and you'll like this one. You'll like this one because there was a lot of people asking about that. We haven't heard from the January 6th committee too much lately. There is going to be at least one final presentation, and i got to feel like um, something will continue after January. It won't be in the House of Representatives. But now that we have 51 senators, they may pick up some of the steam and some of the slack and continue this investigation or another investigation into Donald Trump once they have a full majority in the Senate. Anyway, the House Select Committee tasked with investigating the January 6th attack at the U.S. Capitol says now they will make criminal referrals to the Justice Department. There was some question about it. Now, here's what you need to understand. If they decided not to make any criminal referrals, that didn't really mean anything. The House Select Committee can't send out indictments. It's purely a recommendation to the DOJ, but as we know, the DOJ already has a grand jury, so they're looking into the possibility of indictments. This just adds icing to the cake. Representative Benny Thompson, the committee chairman, told reporters Tuesday that at least one person will be referred while leaving open the possibility of more to come. We have made decisions on criminal referrals, Thompson said. And if it's just one, I will be incredibly surprised. But if it is just one, I wonder who that might be. (laughs) If it's just one, it's going to be Donald Trump. But again, as I say, whether they made referrals or not, it wouldn't really make a difference. The DOJ is going to make the final decision as to who is indicted. So that's where the power lies. The congressman didn't elaborate about who exactly might face charges or which ones they could face. Thompson didn't explicitly rule out the possibility of perjury charges, telling reporters that's part of the discussion. Other potential charges could include conspiracy to defraud the United States, obstruction of an official proceeding of Congress. Additional criminal referrals are expected to be part of the discussion when the committee meets later Uh, Actually, they met later yesterday, asked if former President Donald Trump might be among those referred. Thompson told reporters, good try. Yeah, he's not going to say. Now, the bipartisan panel expires at the end of the year, adding urgency to the group's process. It's highly unlikely that the incoming Republican majority House will extend the committee's charter. That's not going to happen. They're going to shut it down and start their own bullshit investigation about something that didn't happen. Now, in addition to any forthcoming criminal referrals, the committee is set to publish a separate final report on the insurrection that will also be provided to the Justice Department, Thompson said, uh, and, there's, and that there's a good possibility of making the eight-part report public by Christmas. Well, we're December 7th. Christmas is December 25th. So we're talking just two and a half weeks that we could be seeing a final report. Now, here's a name you haven't heard of recently, but you got to know he is in a world of fucking trouble. I had somebody say to me, How come Rudy Giuliani got off of something? He was let off of some case regarding uh, Ukraine. And this person mistakenly thought that he was getting off from everything. Well, that's not true. Rudy Giuliani has all kinds of trouble. And he had a rough day yesterday. Rudy Giuliani, ex-attorney for the former president, Donald Trump, asked for a sudden break at an ethics hearing on Tuesday as he was about to be hit with impeaching evidence. The evidence was coming, and he's, "Uh, uh, uh, could I take a break? (laughs) Hamilton Phil Fox of the District of Columbia Office of Disciplinary Counsel methodically questioned Giuliani about his work on the 2020 presidential election so this court case is aben- essentially about his law license now his law license is currently suspended now they're trying to decide whether we just take that shit away and honestly I'd be surprised if he didn't lose his law license A day earlier, Fox accused Giuliani of weaponizing his law license to bring a frivolous action in an attempt to undermine the Constitution. At one point on Tuesday, Fox noted that Giuliani has tried to vindicate himself by pointing to a 2020 election case in Pennsylvania. I agree that I cited the case, Giuliani said. For the proposition that in the future, if the ballots, the mail-in ballots were not dated, they wouldn't be accepted, Fox said. Okay, I mean, well, that's what it says, Giuliani said of his filing, but that's not what the case says, is it? Fox pointed out. I don't recall. I don't recall that, Giuliani replied. At that point, Fox produced a copy of the case Giuliani cited. Trump's former attorney quickly called for a recess. Could I, uh, could I take a short break? <laughs> and I believe the uh, case started back up again at, at 1.30 yesterday. We don't have any details of what happened after that. No doubt later today we will find that out. And things aren't looking good for Rudy Giuliani. But i, I got to be honest, him losing his license is the least of his problems at this point. Um him losing his license is probably a foregone conclusion. That's going to happen. He did some horrific things, some illegal things, and he's going to lose his license. But there's also some things he's involved in with regards to the January sixth committee. Remember, he was there, he was talking, he was inciting. Now, here's another name you haven't heard in a while. And I think after January, you may never hear from him again with any luck. The House, House Ethics Committee directed GOP Representative Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina. You remember him? The House Ethics Committee directed GOP Representative Madison Cawthorn to pay nearly $15,000 to a charity Tuesday after finding substantial evidence that he improperly promoted a cryptocurrency while he was in Congress. The fine caps, an investigation announced in May that looked into whether the scandal-plagued lawmaker touted a cryptocurrency known as a Let's go, Brandon coin. Oh, very clever. In which he had a financial interest, and in whether he engaged in an improper relationship with an aid on his congressional staff. The committee said in its 81-page report that it did not find evidence of improprieties between Cawthorn and the staffer. However, the subcommittee that conducted the probe said Cawthorn violated rules against conflicts of interest surrounding the cryptocurrency and directed him to pay $14,237.49 dollars to an appropriate charitable organization. It also found that Cawthorn, 27, failed to file a timely report to the House disclosing his transactions relating to the cryptocurrency, and even though the panel determined that he did not knowingly fail to file the disclosures in a timely fashion, he still required by law to pay $1,000 to the Treasury Department in late fees. Now, they reached out to him uh, for comment and... uh, Yeah, he had none. (laughs) The House probe came after an April complaint filed with the Office of Congressional Ethics by the American Muckrakers PAC, citing a Washington Examiner article that named multiple watchdog groups suggesting the first-term lawmaker may have violated insider trading laws in an alleged cryptocurrency scheme. In its complaint, the PAC also accused Cawthorn of having a relationship with one of his age. As I say, they didn't find any evidence of that. And that's not really a big deal. The important thing here is that uh Madison Cawthorn was in his first term, a two-year term, and uh he lost <laughs> he lost his race, uh, and he won't be back. And I have a feeling he'll never be back. I don't know how he's going to rehabilitate himself to get back into uh, politics, but I don't see that happening. I mean, this this kid is a goofball. He's an arrogant piece of shit. He's a goofball, and he'll never end up back in politics. No doubt he'll be on the uh, pages of the newspaper at some point, probably for something horrific or horrible or illegal, but we'll see what happens with that. So you can see yesterday was kind of a... Uh, Red-letter day for Democrats, and a horrible, terrible, awful day for Republicans, especially Donald Trump. Now, I think what you need to understand is that a day like yesterday seems like it's pretty damning on the Republicans. But this is just the start. This is one bad day. The next two years are going to be horrific for the Republican Party. There is going to be plenty of things exposed about criminal activity. The sitting members of Congress, the Ginny Thomases, the Roger, Roger uh, Stones, um, all the people that were involved in January 6 will be exposed. Remember, the January 6 committee has their final report. And all the evidence and all the documentation, and they have a lot of it. Remember, Kevin McCarthy says, you better give that to us when we're in charge, and we'll take a look at it and see what it really says. <laughs> and as I told you, Benny Thompson did the smoothest thing ever. He said, oh, sure, you'll get your copies. The DOJ said, we'd like some copies, too. And they said, oh, sure, you'll get your copies. In fact, we're going to make them all fucking public. So everybody in the country, everybody in the world can see all the evidence, see all the testimony. And then they can make a choice. And if you want your copies, Kevin McCarthy, or your copies, DOJ, just get in line because it'll be available to everybody. And I'm so glad that Benny Thompson decided to do this. Because you know exactly what the Republicans would do. They'd take these documents and they'd cherry-pick little things out of it. They'd expand it, exaggerate, and lie about it and make it out to be a big deal like, oh, I don't know, like Hunter Biden's laptop. And then they would try to get it into the narrative, create some chaos and some question about the Democrats. Well, now Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans will not have that opportunity because... Everybody will be able to see all the information. We'll all be able to decide what different passages and what different evidence actually means. So once again, Kevin McCarthy, who wants to become the Speaker of the House, fucked up again. He thought he was going to be a tough guy, but Benny Thompson slapped him in the fucking face and said, fuck yourself. And I'm happy to see the Democrats finally doing something like this. It's nice to see the Democrats fighting back. And as I said in a previous podcast, uh, Benny Thompson, was it Thompson? It it was one of the leaders on the J6 committee who said they were surprised that the DOJ didn't already have this information. You see, it doesn't normally go this way where the uh, uh, House committee takes the lead in investigations and ultimately deciding whether or not to indict something. You know, that's something the DOJ usually takes the lead in, and then the J-6 committee starts up basically to reveal all the information to the general public. That's all the J-6 committee is, is to get the information out to the public. But it's gone the opposite way, or so it seems. We don't know really for sure. But the uh, DOJ will get all the documentation, and there are millions of documents and thousands of hours of testimony. So it's going to be very valuable to the DOJ. And of course, Jack Smith, who will be going through this stuff quickly. I really believe that Jack Smith is probably going to uh, get things moving much faster. I think you'll see some indictments pretty quickly. And uh, then the, 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 the avalanche will start. Once there's one indictment, They will come in droves, not just for Donald Trump, but for all those people around him. If they aren't scared by now, they should be. They absolutely should be, because a lot of people helped Donald Trump. A lot of people were involved in these schemes, if you will, and they are going to have to pay a price for it. There's been plenty of witnesses, tons of evidence. We've got emails and text messages. And it isn't hard to attach names to them. I mean, just Jenny Thomas alone we've talked about. We know there's at least one text message that she was interacting with either the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers saying, send me a Venmo and I'll send you money to bring buses up. That was in a text. That came from Ginny Thomas. There is no question or gray area about it. That's exactly what fucking happened. And Jenny Thomas is going to pay a price, whether it will bleed over into Clarence Thomas, I don't know. But that's going to be a whole different situation dealing with the Supreme Court. That is a big problem in this country. And this is something we need to fix. ASA fucking P. All right. Coming to the end here of yet another Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day just to sit and listen. I appreciate it immensely. I think we're going to have some listeners on some shows coming up soon. Ed should be on the show soon. So we'll have a lot of things to talk about and some other people coming in to offer their perspectives. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.